Let's rock. Hello, yes, Dan Eisen here. This is the master of Tiger Style, Lee Moriarty, Dominic Carini. This is Trey Lamar. This is Zoe Sky. This is Nick fucking Gage. This is Bobby Beverly, and you're listening to the IWTV Guide Podcast. All right, welcome back to IWTV Guide on a tear, and this week. I have none other than the sheriff, Kiefer Bartek, with me. How are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. We got a little heat, but we, we're going to get to that a little bit later on. So. <laughs> I, I have it listed on the notes to, to discuss this. So, yes, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> yes, thanks for coming on. Um, so, first question I usually ask my guests, uh, uh, when you before you uh, train and everything, did you backyard? Yeah, I did, man. Uh, it was kind of weird. We I had like a weird, like our neighborhood would get together and we'd wrestle sometimes like in my house when my dad was gone. We would just throw a mattress in the living room or, you know, on trampolines in their mm-hmm. backyards. And I think we broke like three trampolines over our time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I was, it's kind of funny now because I'm a, pr- a promoter as well, but I used to, you know, promote, I guess, as a, as a backyarder and just have everyone come up with their own gimmicks and run our own whatever and we had a my dad had an old school camera that literally filmed to uh vhs uh so we would be able to film and watch it back on tv which now it's so common with phones and everything but mm-hmm. at the time it was like my god like you know we get to watch ourselves on television it's a big deal but uh <laughs> yeah man uh uh yeah you know it was a lot of fun back in the day man you know my dad had a recorder too and i never I never thought to take it and record us wrestling. I that would have been really good. I don't know. I, maybe I was just too afraid if something happened to it that he'd kill I, me. So I was absolutely terrified of uh, petrified, can't even terrified and petrified of my dad. But it, when he would leave, uh, you know, for the night because he was a musician, so I knew he'd be gone for significant times. Uh, you know, we'd grab the recorder. And I had like maybe two or three VHSs that we would just record over on. Okay. And uh, <laughs> and then you know we'd we'd film maybe an hour or two of stuff and then just watch it back and laugh at ourselves. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I said it was a good time and uh, I have a lot of fond memories of that of that of that time period. So, from your cage match, it says you were trained by Booker T. Yeah, uh, in 2014, I moved down there to Houston. I trained under Booker T. Um, I lived in Houston until about uh, 2019, late 2019, mid 2019. I moved back home to Abilene. Um, but yeah, I trained under Book there at Reality of Wrestling. Um, you know, there's a ton of guys coming from there now. But uh, yeah, man, it was a great experience. Booker T is, you know, his documentary just aired on A&E the other day. Mm-hmm. And he's really just the pretty much the same person he is on camera just he's larger than life he's a he's a very he's got a lot of integrity he's a great businessman and he's a good person and I, i'm just uh grateful to be able to uh learn under him yeah it seems like i'm seeing a lot more uh people uh that that train under him start popping up a lot of places and uh they're all very very talented so um, uh, he's got a he has a pretty good track record so far from what i've seen of, of his students and stuff so i mean we use a lot of guys from there you know obviously i know these guys personally i trained with these guys i did a lot of shows with these guys so um you know i know i know these people um better than i do most of the other wrestlers so but you know i mean not, you know guys who uh you know like kylie ray came through there mace or brendan williams who's on raw came through there when i was there um i know i'm forgetting you know people that have come through there recently that you know don't even work with new texas but i you know it's just a lot of guys that are that are, that train there there's a lot of talent we all push ourselves. It's kind of that iron sharpened iron type of thing. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, man, I like that books, the head coach and he kind of gives us that direct. I mean, he's been there, he's done that, he's made money. Um, and so he's it, to have that uh, wealth of knowledge there at all times is uh, it's really uh, it, you know, invaluable. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't even know how much you could put on something like that. That's someone that's been there and made money. Yeah, I feel like uh, he's one of those guys that kind of goes unsung right now, but uh, down the road, it's going to be like, you know, he's one of those guys that produced a lot of great people. I feel like, uh, I don't know, like you get some of those people that like were trained by Harley Race and stuff like yeah. that. I think he'll Kurt go down Kowalski, as one of those I people. A lot of people, I just yeah, he'll, he'll be one of those guys that are like, man, he's going to have a lineage lineage uh, that goes beyond, uh, we know, his, his time in the business. Mm. Uh, somebody I might be interviewing soon uh, that actually I believe was trained by Booker T as well is Brian Keith. Uh, what can you yeah. tell me about Brian Keith? Yeah, Brian Keith had already been work wrestling for maybe a few years before I, uh, maybe three or four years before I got there to books. Um, and you know, he, he was there the entire time that I was there uh, at Reality Wrestling. Um, and he's just he's one of those guys who who grew up, uh, I'm, I, you know, uh, kind of told the story there in our last show at rodeo, uh, him and Jonathan Vega, you know, they grew up wrestling in backyards. They, tr they started training together. Um, and then they went to, I, I don't want to tell the story wrong, but pretty, pretty much they went to a, a reality wrestling or a PWA show and their car broke down and Booker had to like help them out or something like that. Okay. And so then they both ended up going to reality wrestling and training there. And Brian's one of those guys who loves the, his craft he loves wrestling and he's very passionate and he's very driven and uh everything's really clicking for him now as a performer and you know he's one of the best guys that i've ever uh been around as well so i i'm just beyond ecstatic to see him finally get a little bit of recognition i think he's been wrestling for 11 12 years something like that now so to see him finally get a little bit of love on a bigger scale than just here in houston or excuse me in houston or in texas uh has been um has been really cool for me to see that yeah you guys have a lot of hidden gems down there that's like <laughs> one of the things i really noticed is uh you know with iwtv there's so much on there that you can kind of go through and watch and uh I, we watched one promotion a few months ago and i know you were on the show um because I, I remember the 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 sheriff name and yeah. then we, we, we kind of like circled back around, uh, because, you know, mouse kind of was down there and then he like, he really was telling everybody he could like Brian Keith, Brian Keith, Brian Keith. So, uh, then like all your stuff started popping up on IWTV and I really started catching my attention. I'm like, Oh, I should probably start watching new Texas pro and, and kind of get into that. And that's why we, we reviewed the show a couple weeks ago. We finally got around to it. Cause I've been wanting to do it for, for a hot minute. Um, yeah. Where uh, where did the sheriff uh, gimmick come from? Um, it was funny because uh, I wrestled for a company or I wrestled for a company called Heavy Metal Wrestling, which is also on IWTV. Mm -hmm. And uh, they wanted to do some kind of gimmick uh, where, you know, they're the law, the law enforcement or something. You know, heavy metal is a lot of deathmatch wrestling. It's, um, uh, you know, just a lot of out more outlaw gimmicks and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so they wanted a character that was a little bit more uh serious and th that wanted to be like oh i'm the you know this is you know my territory you know i'm going to do a right kind of thing and i grew up in west texas in abilene texas uh so characters like stan hansen and jbl and uh you know there's a character from abilene uh, who used to run a promotion there his name was uh i can't even think of his name his, his nickname was the lawman pretty much so i was like okay we'll just do something similar to that it's texas you know the cowboy gimmicks are very you know there's a, there's a few of them out this way mm -hmm. um 
And so it just, I just kind of played off of a lot of tropes that uh, I would see growing up or have witnessed in West Texas. And I, and I just have a lot of fun with it. I'm, I'm, I'm a big dude naturally. I'm six foot four, 250 pound dude. And, uh, you know, it just, it all, it just kind of grew and everyone just kept, you know, oh, I love watching the sheriff or, you know, I enjoy booing you and, you know, the fans or whatever. So I, we just ran with it. And, uh, you know, I was a champion for a while there as well. And, uh, you know, got to wrestle people like uh, Kylie Ray and uh, Matthew Palmer and Ruben Steele. And uh, yeah, man, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, now uh, I, I'm probably a little bit more promoter than I am wrestler, so I don't really get to break out the sheriff, the sheriff too much. But uh, it, it was a, a combination of a few guys that wanted to throw put it together, and, and I just tried to make the most of it. Right on. Uh, speaking of titles and uh, Kylie Ray, uh, the Sabotage War of the Genders Championship, what can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah, so Sabotage Wrestling, uh, it's based out here in Central Texas. Um, you know, I've wrestled for them a few times as well. Uh, they, uh, we know when the pen, like right before the pandemic happened, they, they, the Kylie won the Sabotage War of Gender Champions from uh, there. And so, uh, and then everything shut down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm really good friends with Kylie. Uh, so, you know, I talked to her and we're like, hey, let's do a title for title match. Uh, whenever you, you know, whenever we can start getting things up and running. And so, you know, now that, uh, you know, now I am sabotage war of junior champions and, um, uh, it was, you know, that was one of my favorite matches. And I, and I, uh, I've only had a, a handful of, of intergender matches, uh, against, you know, girls that I felt comfortable, uh, getting in there and wrestling. And, uh, yeah, that, that was one of my favorite matches in my career. And, uh, it, it's definitely one that, uh, you know, that I, you know, earmarked when people are like, well, what, what match should I watch? Cause I really enjoyed that one mm-hmm. with intergender wrestling. How, how do you, how, how do you kind of like go into that kind of match? Like, uh, is it, like you said, you, you only did it with so many people that you feel comfortable with. What, uh, what dictates your comfortability in a match like that? How, like if you like somebody put you on a card, you know, against, uh, say like Jordan grace, uh, yeah. how, how do you like, what's your comfortability with like that kind of thing? Like, I know like it's, it's a common thing. Intergender wrestling is, you know, there, there's a lot of, uh, crap behind it, but yeah. like, uh, I, I personally feel like it's two consenting adults that are going to have this match. And if the story's told good, you know, why not, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, you know, someone like Jordan Grace, I know she's been in there with uh, a few of a few friends of mine. So I know, um, you know, we've shared locker rooms as well, so I know her personally, and I wouldn't have any problem uh, getting in there and, and working a match with her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people like Kylie and and I've worked uh, with you know Hyon. Uh, we've trained together, so I have that comfortability with them. We've already done moves and spots and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same with uh, Roxy, same with uh, Rachel Rose, and you know, you just you have a level of trust with them, and they have a level of trust with you. Um, and like you said. Um, in, in instances, if it's if the, if the story is told right uh, and, you know, both people are comfortable and they want to do it and they're, you know, excited about it, I think that there is a, a place for intergender wrestling, um, maybe even at a larger scale than, than what it is right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it just – for me, making it make sense is just my overall uh, goal in wrestling in general. Like there's room for everything in wrestling that people kind of uh, bitch about. Uh, just make it make sense, man, and just make it because you know even back when WWF was on top, you know China was the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, mm-hmm. she had intergender matches all the time. It wasn't even a an issue, right? Uh, at, at that time, they they did intergender matches or mixed tag matches, or whatever. It was never an issue. Um, but most of the time, the stories of what was being told made sense, and so nobody really bitched about it. Nowadays, it's like, oh, well, you know, we just want to see this person and this person wrestle. So come on, let's just do it. 
sometimes that turns people off because they're like, well, this doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And that's just my opinion on it. I mean, I, you know, that's just that's just how I feel on certain certain stuff. So how did you get into uh, running your own promotion? Uh, so I really was I wanted to and a couple other guys who helped start uh, the promotion, Terrell Tempo and uh, Max Heights. Uh, we're all from West Texas, but there's just not really a great West Texas wrestling scene. Uh, you know, a lot of the talent moves to the bigger cities. Your Dallas is Houston, San Antonio's and Austin's mm-hmm. to train under, you know, you know, people who are more established. So there's just not really a lot of a, a ton of we- uh, a wealth of talent out there. There's not a lot of, uh, you know, great wrestling promotions. Um, so we just, you know, we're like, Hey, let's just run in our hometowns, just kind of a one-off thing. Um, and so, you know, we did that. We, we wrestled in our hometowns, uh, well, Colorado city and Abilene for me and Max Heights. And, uh, you know, it just went well. Uh, it was well received from the fans. They were asking when we come back, it was well received from the boys. Cause it was just, I mean, it was just run properly, I guess you could say. And, uh, you know, we just started running more shows out there in West Texas and it just kind of continued to morph into more shows and more markets and um you know with the pandemic happening it kind of shut everything back down and there was a place in houston that had um you know a ring stage chairs and everything that they they gave us a good price on you know running there so Mm -hmm. you know it just it just like i said it just evolved into what it is now and um you know the first couple we started in october of 2018 i believe our first mat our first show was and the first couple of years was really just a learning experience on more of a local level of like, all right, well, this works, this doesn't work, you know, working with talent venue, all that stuff. And uh, now it's kind of the time for us to kind of grow on a on a bigger scale than Texas. And that's kind of where we're at. Um, and IWTV has been a huge help for us uh, to boost that. You know, people like Mouse coming in and putting us over on social media is a big uh, has been uh very big for us. So I'm, I'm excited, uh, excited about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he. Uh... I feel like he, he doesn't want to admit it, but he's a huge influence to a lot of wrestling. And like, I, when he says something like, I really try to pay attention to what he says, because he's usually got his finger on that pulse of like, what's, what's next, you know, who's next, that kind of thing. So it was funny because he came, him and Billy flew in early after the GCW 24 hour show, uh, Billy, AJ and mouse all were on that card really relatively early in the morning. Uh, so they flew into Houston early. We got into the hotel. They took a little nap or whatever the case may be. But like you could just tell when Mouse got there, he was like, "I'm tired. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here in the corner." We all we had a photographer at the time, so he was you know he was just like, "I'm just gonna hang out. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna you know watch the show." And I and I think it was after either Brian's or or T Ray's match or one of those guys, and you could just see like. Uh, and I, this was the first time I had met him too, and and he kind of told me that, told me this after the after the fact. But you know, you could just tell he was a little bit more invested, and he started watching the show a little bit more closely. And so, uh, you know, Mouse has been around a lot of wrestling, so for him to give us a stamp of approval is uh, is really cool. And uh, you know, we're trying to get those guys out as much as we can. A lot of more people from the Midwest, um, in the South, that you know, we want to utilize a little bit more on our show. Yeah, I like uh, taking a look at some of the cards and going, oh, you got this person on here and you got this person on here. And now it's like, I, I need to watch all these shows. And it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> so I got a long list again. Like every time I talk to like, I go back and start looking through certain companies. I'm like, oh man, I just got to keep adding to my list. My like my list that I have on IWTV is so long with all this like random stuff. It's just, it never ends. Yeah. 
And it's only going to get, you know, the list is only going to grow longer because, you know, now more companies are coming back into the fold. There's going to be more content to have to watch. Everything. Exactly. It's like I had this whole year break where I was like there was some wrestling. I was able to get through a lot. But uh, now that everything's starting to open back up, it's, it's going to be full bore. It's going to I'm going to lose control of it again. <laughs> well, let, well, let me turn it. Let me turn this around you because, you know, I, I appreciate uh, your love with New Texas or especially, you know, the reviews and, and having me on. But. What about you? Is there a couple of companies that come to your mind that you've watched over maybe the last six months to a year that really stood out in your mind? Like, man, like, okay, this company is doing not us, but you know, any other company that was like, yeah, I like what they're doing. Um, action wrestling was a huge one. They really, um, just caught my interest. Like, uh, for some reason, like I'm very much when I go to watch wrestling, the first thing that really has to like hit with me is the aesthetic of the arena. Like if does it yeah. look clean, does it look like neat? Um, that kind of thing. Is it well lit? Those yeah. things, if those things are, are, are checked marked off, I'm, I'm instantly going to probably like this product a little bit more. Uh, I don't yeah. know why. Like uh, I heard somebody <laughs> tell me that they have a theory that like, because I watched wrestling in the late nineties and they had the lights on for a lot of it. That's why, yeah. because now they like, they black out the crowd. They do all this kind of stuff. So you don't mind what's, you know, if you don't mind the, the, just the ring being lit, that kind of thing, then you yeah. watched wrestling, you know, probably prior to that or, or after, but yeah, it's, it's this weird thing that like, if it's well lit, I don't care how it looks on like for other people. I think if it's just well lit, I think it lo- it keeps my attention more and that way I can see everything yeah. that's going on. Um, but action was the first one because like their, their arena is really nice and, and neat and like it's well lit and commentary is really, really good. That's another huge thing for me. Uh, yeah. So action was a big one. Uh, New South is really starting to come up to me. Um, I, I like them. They have a couple different venues that I like that they switch around with. I just don't have the time to like try to watch them weekly. And I feel like if I want yeah. to, I want to give them my full attention, but I just, I'm like burn out half the time with, with watching stuff. So like, I, I try to like watch a little bit here and there when I can, but no, I like the, you mentioned New South, that arena that they had for that Haas tournament was really cool. I, I like the uh, the lighting and then they have the elevated seats. I don't know mm-hmm. why uh, that, that anywhere that has like kind of the bleacher elevated seating and just always like, oh, I like the way that looks. Yeah. Um, I, I, maybe it might be because I grew up, you know, watching it in the 90s or whatever the case may be. And sometimes when you see like. Uh, just how much space is maybe behind the crowd or something. It always kind of bothers me, but and I'm always looking for, it's like Lucha arenas that I see. I'm like, man, that'd be so awesome to run in because they have those, that elevated seating behind, or at least on hard, when hard camp shooting. And I'm just like, man, that's so cool. And uh, it's just hard to find stuff like that in the States. I don't know why, uh, at least for a reasonable price, uh, you know, something, if I could just find something like the sportatorium, you know, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that, it would be really awesome. But yeah, those are, those are two promotions that, uh, we're kind of in talks with them, maybe like doing something where we, we kind of interchange talent so that that's cool to hear that, uh, you also are, are paying attention to what they're doing too. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Cabana man, Dan. So, uh, if you bring him down to Texas, that'd, yes. be, cool. that'd be cool. We are trying to bring in CMD. So hopefully we can get him in sometime this year. He's just, he's on another level now. Like he just, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, his, his, his progress maybe in the last few years has been tremendous, man. He's just been killing it lately. Yep. Yeah, it, uh, those are the main ones. Like I, I have my other favorites, like Paradigms, obviously a favorite. Yeah. Um, my home promotion is AIW. 
Uh, okay, so, Cleveland, right? Yeah, yeah. So like when they were, they were, you know, they didn't do much. They did two shows during pandemics. So yeah. I didn't have my home promotion. So like I really had to find other stuff to watch and enjoy. And like I did go to a uh, No Holds Barred show uh, yeah. in Jersey, and that was interesting. I'm not a big deathmatch guy, so like, yeah. I used to be like, that's the first thing that I got into when I first got into indie wrestling was like CZW and deathmatch wrestling, uh, yeah. which came from even XPW, uh, when I found them and I, that was like the wildest thing to me. And now it's like, I'm older. I'm like, I don't like seeing people just destroy their bodies with all the stuff. And I worry about them more than I I'm entertained by the stuff when it happens now. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame you. It's, uh, I'm also not a very big de- uh, deathmatch guy. Uh, you know, I was more WWE, WCW growing up myself. And, uh, you know, for, for the longest time, I just didn't really understand the allure, the luster of it, the allure of, of deathmatch wrestling. You know, I, I speaking with some guys who do it more regularly, I kind of understand now there's more of the adrenaline rush and things like that. But I just, I don't know if it's just me just being a person that worries about these people and their health and things like that. But, uh you know, sometimes it's hard for me to watch, you know, people I know go through these matches. I was like, man, I just want these guys to be okay. Like, right. You know, it, it's, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't know if it's more of me just enjoying, I, you know, just wrestling as as the entertainment or sport of, or whatever you'd call it. But uh, I think, you know, I, I think deathmatch wrestling done right, if it's some kind of hot feud or something like that, and you want to see these guys bust each other open mm-hmm. or whatever, like, that's cool. Still worried about them, but it's, it's cool. That's kind of cool. But see an entire show, I think that was a big shock for me getting into the business, is seeing an entire show of just deathmatch wrestling. And it's like by the fifth or sixth match, I'm like, it's it's starting to wear off on yeah. me, if that makes sense, where I'm like, okay, I'm just kind of numb to yep. light tube shots and, and plates of glass and uh, staple guns and things like that. But yep. Uh, yeah, man, it, I, I, I've, uh, kind of seen IAW, excuse me, AIW recently. Um, you know, I, I'm really a big fan of Matt, Matt Justice, Matthew Justice. I think he's got, I think he might be, he, I think he might be signed up and break out somewhere if he wants to do something like that in the, in the next year or so. Uh, he's someone I've talked about maybe bringing down this way too, but I, that, that's a really cool company that's been around a long time and it's cool to, to see them back in action and, uh, doing well. Yeah, he's uh he he's our resident wild man. Him and uh <laughs> him and Kaplan had like a crazy match uh on the Hello Cleveland show. And yeah, he, uh, I watched some highlights of that and it, it looked he Justice is a wild man in general, so Yes. <laughs> Ever since him and our champ uh our always our champ now, but at the time I, I think uh, that they was they were just fighting over the intense title. And him and uh, Josh Bishop went off the balcony at the Odeon for the, like the, oh, I I the first that. show there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was right in front to see that happen. And, uh, you know, you watch it on ECW with New Jack yeah. doing it and all them guys. And it looks really cool. And you're like, oh, that'd be so cool to see live. And then when you see it live, it just, man, it was it was what the coolest thing. But it was also the fucking scariest thing I've ever <laughs> seen live. Like, I was legitimately, it, like, terrified for them when after like after they landed i was just like oh man i I saw the clip and i you know i'm just happy they're both okay but yeah i mean i'm like hey you get up on the top rope it's like a different game up there when you're looking down at the Mm -hmm. mat and out to the outside you're like well there's a lot tall you know i'm way up higher than i think i or thought i was right uh i couldn't imagine being standing up on a balcony and being like all right let's do this you know it's yeah like (laughs) it's just uh it's wild man there's there's a certain type of person that had you know is able to do that it's it's like a fearlessness that they have inside of them and uh some performers are just 
blessed with that and and they're they're good to go on things like that yeah i mean and they wrestled the next night too like i believe both guys wrestled the next night too i'm just like that's insanity like uh, mad respect to them for that because that's just oh man i don't know yeah that that's uh i said there's a it's a different breed of person to be able to do something like that so with having your own promotion you have your your champions there um Mm -hmm. the new texas pro title like looks so nice and like i know i don't want to say it i'll ask is it a is it like did you take the design sort of from like the uh the wwe title or the nxt uk title a little bit with the 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 first the main plate design because that's what it reminds me of i what i when i described it to the belt maker i was like this is kind of what i want as far as uh like the prestigiousness of, of the UK right, title when you right. see, you're like, this looks like a world title. Yes. I think he put it a little bit too, too close on the nail. If that makes sense. I kind of wanted it to kind of be its own variation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's something that we're probably going to, you know, end up redoing, but like, I, I really, it, like I said, I enjoy the NXT UK title because it does look like a, a you know, the top championship on, yeah. on any card it's on. Like I said, I think the, the belt maker just made a little too close on the nose to what the UK title was. Um, but like I said, it's still a good looking belt and everything like that. You know, unless you're a really diehard NXT UK fan, you know, you probably won't won't be able to notice that. But it's something that we're kind of in talks of like, you know, we've been around it's been around for a few years now, so it's 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 time to do our own thing. You know, being being known on probably this scale was probably not necessarily in our books at first. So uh it's uh, I really like the title design, obviously, because I did, you know, like, hey, this is kind of what I want. But mm-hmm. uh, like I said, it was a little too close on the button. So we're, we're probably we're working on trying to, to figure out something for the for the new title belt. I uh, I mean, it, it's different enough that I mean, I could see where like people wouldn't notice. I only noticed because I like I like that design for the main title. Yeah. And then like but it's got it's different enough with like having the Texas uh like uh, stuff in the center of it. I just thought it was really cool like even if it was like a, a tribute to that and then like made its own because yeah, no, I think it looks it looks great. That's like one of the best world titles I've seen on the indies in a really long time. So when I saw yeah, it I was it, like it, that really stuck out to me and I really like it. I think every wrestling fan loves belts i think (laughs) it's weird i think uh we're all marks for belts and uh you know a great championship belt not only in the fans eyes but the wrestlers eyes it's something to like you want to work for and i and i've always kept that in mind you know um that like you know if you have a good championship belt like it's gonna get you some love and some buzz no matter what because people are gonna be like i either want a replica of this or i want to earn this um you know wrestling so i Mm -hmm. think that you know, all of our belts, we're going to try to get to that where it's going to be unique in their own way, but it's just going to make people be like, wow, this is really cool. And, and I think, uh, you know, any title that resonates with you, um, you know, as a wrestling fan, I think that, you know, it's prestige or how beautiful it is. I think that's that's super important. You know, I just don't mm-hmm. want a generic, you know, one plate belt that, you know, you see some, some wrestling companies have, I want something that people are going to remember, or at least, you know, say, wow, that's cool. When you see it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely in my top like five indie belts right now. Um, I just, I just think that, uh, making it, uh, you know, with the Texas, uh, colors and stuff and having that, I think it just, it look it pops really well. Um, yeah. The other belt that I really like, and, uh, I always tease Cabana Mandate about it is that damn new South title. And he has it again. Now, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is so damn huge. I told him, I was like, if he gets to come to AIW again soon, I need him to bring it with him. Cause I want to hold it. Like I, I, I yeah. want to hold that belt. It's so damn big. 
I think it's funny because they post, uh, you know, the picture of him having the belt initially the first time mm-hmm. uh, went viral. And everyone, you know, like, I can't believe this belt. And then you put it on Derek Miller, you're like, man, this is still a very big ass belt. Like, yes. It's not, you know what I'm saying? It's not just Dan. I mean, the belt's huge. I have never seen it in a person. It'd be a belt. It'd be one of those belts I'd love to see in person just so I can, like, uh, you know, visualize it as a fan. Right. Uh, but, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. That thing is – it's cool. It's a little gaudy, but, you know, it's it's pretty awesome for what it is. It's, it's, That's I remember the thing. Like, it, it's it a is. world it's belt. Like, you don't forget that yeah. belt because it's so damn huge. And then, like, exactly. uh, Dan always said, like, he hated that belt, like, that picture of him with the belt because, like, he's like, well, that's what I used to look like. Now he's got it again in his like his new like super cut form, and I'm like that. It, it still yeah. looks great, and I was like, it looks. I mean, it looks even better on him now. Like that he's like, yeah. Now that he's trimmed down and everything, it still looks ridiculous. So, yeah, he's. Uh, hopefully, I get to see him with that. Uh, bef- you know, before he uh, gets rid of it again, because <laughs> I, I missed it the first time. I think the one time I got to see him, he flew in and he didn't bring it with him, and I was like, oh, you should have brought it with you, just be worth it to be in the luggage come on yeah right you just don't want the the tsa be like hey what's this and then they'll be like oh i'm a wrestler <laughs> let me show you come here i'll put them in a hold yeah That'd be great yeah <laughs> uh all right so let's get into my our review uh that we did of new <laughs> texas pro uh what 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 uh what did i get what did i upset you with what what did what so, what i do here no so so, uh, and this is totally understandable because uh, people don't really hear or see the, the conversations between me and, and the guy, the talent and stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, it was one of the, I would say it's got to be one of the hardest things that I've done as a promoter because I just, I've never really been put in that situation before. But, you know, uh, Chris Bay had messaged me the week of the show and said, hey, man, I've strained my calf muscle. Uh, I don't know the severity of it yet. Um, I don't know if I can go on Saturday. Um so we need to start brainstorming other ideas if I'm not able to wrestle. So, um, you know, I came up with a few scenarios that we could do. We, we chose that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, come to find out, he he wasn't – he and he the thing about it was he didn't want to tip the cap to Impact and say like, oh, I'm injured. And maybe, you know, the dirt sheets or someone sees it before he gets to Impact because he was trying to get – you know, he didn't want things to get out before he got to the next taping. Um and so, uh, you know, we kind of just played it off as, as a storyline. I mean, he, they are Chris Bay and Gino Medina are wrestling on May 29th in, in Houston. So we are doing the match. Okay. Um, but he was off of impact for a couple of months. I don't know if you really keep up with it too much. Uh, I, I kind of just browse it on like social media or whatever, but he was off of TV for two months because of that calf strain. Um, he just didn't want to tip the cap to anybody at first because he didn't know really how bad it was initially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where we were kind of stuck in that situation where it's like, well, what do we do? Do you know, just tell him to stay home. I still like, he still went out and he still interacted with the fans and he still had a little bit more part on the show. We still mm-hmm. plan on doing the match. Uh, but you know, you guys were like, well, I don't know why these guys would even do something like this. <laughs> it wasn't so much that like, let me, I'll explain my side of it a little bit. Cause like, I, I like that he still came in and still honored the booking and did that kind of thing. And that, that wasn't my issue. Like our thing was like, maybe they, like we thought, okay, one of two scenarios, either you guys were building towards this feud a little bit further, uh, yeah. or, you know, he was legitimately injured and this was just like, yeah, come down. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like I, I sometimes like, uh, my, my co-host and I will, will kind of not, fully go over like all ideas on that and like i kind of figured it might have been something but like and it was cool that he still came down and did stuff like i yeah 
the the independent wrestling thing is like that like another thing like all the these short matches uh that, that comes up and i'm like well you have storylines i love that i love that small companies have to because you look at some of the companies like gcw they don't have really storylines they literally just no. throw matches out see what sticks right. and then like I mean, unfortunately, one of like their big storyline went a year too long because of the pandemic, unfortunately. Right. Um, but like, you know, I like that there's like short matches. I like that there's that kind of stuff because it, it I know it's in any show and everybody wants to have their time and get their stuff in. But sometimes like you can still do both. Like you can have a five minute match and tell a story throughout the show and like keep stuff going. So I just that's my side of it. I, I, I've kind of figured like something was up, but, you know, that's cool. No, I. It, it um as far as like just being you know I, I like i said i wish i wish we could have done banjino on that show i, I would never and, and you've probably just been around enough indie wrestling to see like you know some promotions or promoters do all kinds of weird stuff or whatever the case may be mm-hmm. but we try to be as transparent with our fans as possible we talk to everybody everyone was real happy about that and i also think i come from reality wrestling and booker t's show and that's it's tv and he teaches wwe tv mm-hmm. and so there is a lot of variety you know there, you could be wrestling a four minute match or a 12 minute match um but in every kind of you know as when i watch when i used to watch like old ring of honor shows and stuff it's like yeah man it's cool that all these matches are great but they're also all 25 minute man event matches you know and how many of those matches can you really sit through? Again, it's like, I'm going to sit through these matches eventually by, you know, the fifth or sixth match. You're going to be like, okay, you know, here we go. 20 minutes and the guy's working an arm again. You know, it, it's just, uh, it's one of those things where you could tell store different stories and the different variations and lengths of matches. Mm-hmm. Um, does Aaron Mercer need to go 20 minutes with the lowest guy on the totem pole for Nastico's team? If he's feuding with them, no, <laughs> he can go three minutes or whatever it is. You know, it doesn't, that's, that's just kind of how where you build characters and stuff like that. You can build people up that way. And I think, and, and like you said, a lot of company, companies nowadays, uh, they just like, Hey, this card looks cool with these names. And I think it's important that you want to have fans invested in the storylines. Um, you know, you can still have those cool matches where you see on paper, like, oh, that's going to be cool to watch. Right. Um, but you also want people to be invested in the, in the characters and the stories. And so, um, you know, on, on every level of the card, we're trying to have something, some continuity, some storylines um, that people, you know, if they miss a couple of shows um, and they come back and they're, you know, sitting next to somebody they know, they'd be like, oh, what's going on? And, you know, somebody could film on what happened next couple of months. And they're not completely lost of like this card is just, uh, you know, 10 matches of that we liked on paper. <laughs> right. I think that's uh, another like um, thing for me when it comes to promotions is they have to have like storylines. They have to have something going on. So like action has stuff going on. New South has stuff going on. Paradigm has stuff yeah. going on. AIW has the, the, I'll give them mad props because they have some of the best long-term booking I've seen out of a company, uh, like an indie company. And they always do it in such a way that they give us what we want, but yeah. sometimes it'll take a year to get there. And like the, yeah. the Josh Bishop, uh, Matthew justice feud was one of those times. Um, there's, there's been so many other, other feuds there that just, it, it worked out beautifully how that, how everything kind of flowed with the story. And like, I, I kind of hold them as the measuring stick to everybody else because, they I, they've spoiled me like i'm spoiled with aiw being an hour away from me like that's my my measuring stick for everything so like there's a, there's a reason they've been around so long right you don't yeah. 
you don't get to stick around that long in the independent wrestling business unless you've got something really good going for you. So yeah, that's just a testament to how well they book their shows. Yeah. So I have uh, a handful of, I call them listener questions. Cause like I, yes. I, I usually get uh, stuff from like a couple of my friends, like I'll ask them this, ask them that. So I like to try to run through those. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, what is your drink of choice after a match? Are we, or? Talk, are we talking alcohol? Yeah. Talking, uh, oh, uh, I love Lone Star beer. If I'm doing something stronger, I'll probably do uh, a whiskey Sprite, something like that. Okay. Are you an energy drink guy? I do. I love energy drinks too. Uh, Celsius and Bang, I've been like the two that I've kind of been going to maybe the last year or so. Um, just depending on my mood, if I need a lot of energy, I'll usually go with a bang. If I need, if I just need a little bit, I'll just go with a Celsius. I think I've seen that they have alcoholic bangs now. There's like, a <laughs> I saw four- that too. I, uh, I had my, my four loco days back in, in college, <laughs> uh, when they actually did have caffeine in it. Uh, so I try to stay away from any alcoholic drinks that have caffeine in it. <laughs> I think that they, I think they have zero sugar though. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's see. Too many days of, of drinking those four, lo- you know, four, two, four locos of my friends, and not exactly remembering how the night ended. So I, I, I was not going to do that again. <laughs> I was a few years shy uh, of that uh, that trend. Like I, I missed out on it, and like by the time I was like of legal age to drink, I just it wasn't like I don't think four loco was really a thing anymore. So I well, maybe they changed, it, the, they changed the formula. I think they outlawed caffeine and, and energy and uh, alcoholic beverages. So I don't even know if that bang energy is it might be legal in some states, but I don't think it's I haven't seen it yet. But yeah, I mean, I think that they outlawed it because there's some people who were drinking and, and blacking out and almost like zombies. They just keep going, you know, so <laughs> but it's weird because then you can go get a Red Bull and vodka at the bar. It's not a big deal. Right. I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. The Ronald Two Legs question, do you partake in marijuana? I do uh, on occasion. I'm not, you know, there's some guy, I'm more of a drinker, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Some some guys in the business are more smokers and they don't really drink. But, uh, you know, I do it, I'll do it on occasion. Um, more probably a pin guy than a flower guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have one here uh, that I, you know, a pin here that I hit every so often. Right on. The Orange Flash oh, but, City question. Okay. What do you think of Hook of on AEW, you win the prize because that's who he's talking about <laughs> are we talking robin williams or are we talking AEW? Well, well that's the thing we always joked about it about, uh the, the movie so i mean i can talk about it a little bit but i imagine <laughs> wrestling podcasts it's, uh, it's about uh i don't know what's going on with that i i see some stuff on reddit or whatever and just like you know here's hook look of the day and i'm like i don't i don't know i don't know I've, I maybe I just haven't watched enough AEW to really have an opinion on it yet. I I think it's cool that Taz's sons in AEW, but I, I don't really have an opinion on him at this point in time. Uh, well, Orange Flacity is now your biggest fan because he always said whoever goes directly to thinking of Hook from AEW, he'll be their her, their big fan because uh, he's a big fan of Hook. And then like the last yeah. person I asked this actually was Cabana Man Dan, and he said. Uh, he asked for clarification and I was like, okay, so I had to explain to him like that. I meant from AEW, not the film hook. And he said, he's yeah. never seen the film either. So he had no opinion whatsoever. <laughs> uh, you've, you've seen both. So at least, at least you've, yeah. you've seen both. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I wish the best for anybody in the business. I wish the best for him. So it's, like I said, it's, I'm sure it's cool for Taz to see his son uh, in, in the major company. So 
yeah i think uh it could be interesting to see like taz is one of my all-time favorite wrestlers and uh yeah his radio show that he had like when i first started getting into podcasts uh at my job now like i i was working in the buildings uh assembling stuff and uh it was a really long eight hour day every day so you could just sit there and listen to podcasts yeah. whatever and he was like one of my favorites to listen to and strangely enough like as him being like a veteran like you like i feel like younger wrestlers and veterans like maybe kind of clash on certain issues and yeah. i've always feel, felt like i've always been with like the younger guys um with how like wrestling could be an art that kind of thing but like yeah taz like i've always somehow ended up agreeing with everything he always said on that show like he as a veteran like he always had like the most level head for like a vet and like i just always had really big respect for him out of that because like i always agreed with what he said like it always made sense the way he would explain it if like there was an issue like he's just he's got my respect always he's he's one of the ones i'd love to meet i've never had a chance to meet him yet i, I really want to meet him yeah, I I actually remember listening to some of his stuff on on pod. I guess right when podcasts were kind of just barely breaking into being more uh, accepting. I, I I think my first wrestling podcast was probably the uh, Art of Wrestling with Cole Cabana. Mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of his stuff, but uh, yeah, I definitely remember listening to Taz back in the day. And uh, he's I mean he he speaks well. I think he understands the business. I think he you know too many of the old timers just say this is the way that it is or this is the way that makes money and. You know, everything evolves and everything moves forward. And I think Taz is probably one of those guys, only one of, or not one, only one of the guys, but one of the guys has been more vocal about understanding that and uh, and being more accepting of that. Because, I, I mean, his gimmick in ECW in the 90s was sort of what you'd probably see in Ring of Honor in like the early 2000s. But mm-hmm. it was before that. It was before its time, I think. And uh, I mean, I'm sure if Hook is able to evolve into something like how what Taz was at that point in time, I mean, he would be, he'd fit right into in today's wrestling. So, yeah, man, Taz is definitely one of the pioneers of wrestling. I, I don't know if he's ever going to, I don't know if he'll ever get enough love because he didn't, he, maybe most people know him as a SmackDown announcer as opposed to the ECW guy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely one of the, one of the top guys of the nineties and, and somebody that, you know, I, like I said, I listened to him back in the day and, I, you know, I'm happy that he's on AEW. I, I like watching his segments with Team Taz. You know, I know, I know Ricky. He's from Texas, so it's mm-hmm. good, always good to see our guys out that way doing good. So, um, who are some of your favorite guys growing up? Uh, I grew up, uh, you know, probably in my maybe before my teens or that around that time. Attitude Era was on fire. I loved The Rock. I was a big fan of The Rock. I loved the Dudley Boys. I had like a favorite singles guy and a favorite tag guy, and the Dudleys were always my favorite tag team. Uh, the older I got, I kind of evolved my taste in, in wrestling. CM Punk's and the Daniel Bryan's ended up being mm-hmm. more of the people who I, I really enjoyed watching and things like that. Um, you know, those those really, like I said, from the, from the younger days to to the older days, those those really the names that I uh, you know I enjoyed Cena. I watched, I enjoyed watching Cena come up and, and becoming the megastar that he was. I think uh, uh, maybe a little bit with everyone, we kind of got tired of it at, at one point. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's fantastic. He's a megastar, and, and uh, it was cool to see him kind of grow between the Attitude Era and that time with Punk and, and Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. You and I were at, at odds because uh, I, I, my favorite growing up was my, my singles guy was Stone Cold. My tag was the Hardys. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, we would have had some great uh, 
arguments in school. Of like, <laughs> it's funny because I grew up in Texas, and then people were like, "Oh, Stone Cold's not your guy." And I was like, "Of course, I love Stone Cold, Steve Austin." But when it came down to those two, I just for some reason I always cheered for The Rock. So my, I had to say The Rock was my guy. You know, my best friend in school was a huge Rock fan, so like him and I would go head to head all the time. But we 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 always kept it light. We never got too serious yeah. about it. But we we. Uh, we love the hell out of, of the attitude era. And that was, I mean, that made it for some really great, like conversations on Tuesday mornings and Monday mornings yeah. after the pay-per-views and just, Oh, it was a good time. I, I know, I know that, uh, at some point in time during school, re- wrestling became not cool or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I just continue to watch it, but, uh, yeah, I definitely love those days of like getting there early in the morning and like, Hey, do you guys watch raw and you know, blah, blah, blah. And all, everybody was watching wrestling at that time. It felt like, or at least your friends were. And, uh, yeah, man, those, those were definitely the days I definitely enjoyed, uh, the attitude era was, uh. I don't know if we're ever going to get back to where it was in, as far as in pop culture and people's, you know, just watching as it is now. Because I think every like you could just everybody just can just watch exactly what they want to watch now at exactly whatever time they want to watch. You know, mm-hmm. back in the day, you had to tune in TV and hope you, you caught what you want to catch on, on wrestling. So or on whatever you watched. And, and nowadays you can literally just go like, oh, I don't you know, I can't even watch. you know, I can't watch impact right now but if i want to go watch some clips i can go watch it later on if that right. makes sense so it's everyone can kind of watch whatever they want to now so i don't know if it's it's always kind of mind-boggling to me when people are like oh i don't want to you know the ratings are down it's the ratings are down across the board for everything yeah. except for maybe a, a hand like sports and maybe like a few other shows but like you know everything else is down but you know social media numbers and all that other stuff like you know there's millions of people watching clips of raw and stuff i mean if you were a kid and you could play video games and just go to youtube and watch the five minutes of stone cold steve Austin on raw you probably would have done that as a kid as opposed to watch well maybe not you in general but you know most kids right will probably just do that instead of watching the whole show but you know i that, like i said that's just kind of a, a bigger conversation uh that i don't know if a lot of wrestling fans who kind of harp on the ratings really understand i never I mean, ever since like when, when AEW and like NXT were going to go head to head and that stuff. And like, everybody was just trying to make it the war again. I'm like, if you want, I guess that's what entertains you to me. I liked, I liked both. Like NXT has been like my favorite product of WWE for the longest time since like they signed Pac when they had Pac down yeah. there. I still, when I started watching weekly and I mean, in the last two years, I've really just stopped. Like my last guy that I really enjoyed was Alistair Black. And once yeah. he moved to the main roster and they did nothing with him, I was just True. done. I was so done. I'm like, I can't, I can't invest my time in these guys anymore. Only for them to go to the main roster and be like, just thrown to the side. Like I'm so happy that like Gargano hasn't been, hasn't had that happen yeah. to him yet. But like, even he's kind of jumped the shark with his character and stuff. Like, you take this guy who was like the ultimate underdog baby face yeah. and you made him a heel. Like why? There's no reason to make him a heel. No reason. I, He's good at it, but still, I don't understand it. It, it kind of, it sucks, man, because I mean, I want both places. I want all wrestling companies to be uh, profitable and prosper because it gives more opportunities for my friends. Exactly. Um, and it gives, you know, it will give them more money mm-hmm. uh, in their pockets for what they worked hard for. But, you know, to see someone who I know personally, like Keith Lee, go to Raw and then he's done – they've done nothing with him. Yep. I mean, he's a superstar. He's a megastar, you know. And, and uh, it just sucks, man, because you – you know, I, I want NXT to do great. I want AEW to do great. I want Raw, SmackDown to do great because I want these opportunities for these my friends and stuff to go up there and, and do well. But, you know, it just starts to get um, – 
it just starts to get frustrating as a fan when you when you get behind somebody like an Aleister Black or a Keith Lee, um, and they go to the main roster. I mean, you could probably name an endless amount of guys from NXT that's gone up and that they've just completely floundered on. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just it starts to get to the point where you're like, all right, we're screwed. I'm not investing any more time into this show um, because why would you? Why do you care? You know, why would you care what happens with Aleister Black or, or you know? And then Gargano, you know, he's in NXT. They, how much can you do as a as the underdog babyface on that show before you know? Like, what are you going to do after this? Like, if, I mean, of course, I think he's I think he's a tremendous babyface. Mm-hmm. I don't really like his heel stuff. I'm just going to be honest. I, I think it's just kind of hokey ish, and you know, the the group's cool. I know Indy personally, so it's cool to see her on on NXT, um, and so. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's weird, man. It's like he's kind of stuck in the purgatory of like he should be on Raw, you know, going up against a Bobby Lashley, and you're getting all the sympathy, and you know, either squeak, either pulling out, you know, by the hair of his teeth, or or, or you know, losing or whatever. But mm-hmm. something along those lines of of building that story of the underdog that Johnny is, and he's on NXT just trying to reinvent himself to try to keep him relevant on that show, you know. Right. Same with Champa, and it's like. You know, same with Adam Cole. It's just it's frustrating because you're like, man, these guys could be so much more if they're just the vest in them. And like, it's you know, AEW people harp on that. You know, I just all the people who love Cornette and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, but they can't be WWE 2.0. Yeah, I'm, we saw that. We saw that with Impact. It's right. Just, you, just, you can't be that. No. Nobody's going to care about you. You're always going to seem second rate. Yep. So of course they do things that are different or that might be you know more. Uh, like pure style, strong style, or more, you know, video, they call it video game wrestling or whatever the case may be. But you know what? Sometimes you got to be different to, to make a name for yourself. You know, I mean, they've had some, some duds, unfortunately, like I, I, I love AEW and the fact that they're willing to do like no rope barbed wire is like a pay-per-view main event in in the States. And like, they'll do the hardcore and the death, like a little bit of that death match stuff. They'll do some of that. And like the, I think that they're they're finding their footing still. They're still they're still yeah. young. They haven't done anything horrendous like you know uh, Impact really did in their first like five years. They really just destroyed any like I, not so much love, but like uh, I guess respect from the fans of like uh, with their product. And I just I, I really hope like they don't do anything to 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 diminish that. And eventually become just Impact 2.0, like you said, and be like, oh, you yeah. know, LOL, uh, AEW with, oh, the, the the guy fell off here, and this was obviously padded, and this was this, and it's like, eh, I, I, I was disappointed with the the explosions at the end, like everybody, oh, everybody yeah, else I was. I think everybody was. As but the rest of that I, match was I had, I had so laugh, damn right? good. Like, I, I was on this edge of my seat for the for that entire match and, yeah. and hooked into that whole story. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, the, the end was a dud, whatever they, they recovered really well with it. I love Eddie Kingston. He's, he's one of our guys that like, I think that's, I think that's, if you, if you, if AW stopped today, you could say, wow, look what they've done with Eddie Kingston and they've given him a platform to be what he is now. You know, I think that's like, that's only one thing, but like, I think they've done a tremendous job with Kingston mm-hmm. and given him a chance to be himself on national television. And that's, that's one of the things like he was one of our mainstays in AIW and it's just, it's so great to see him 
do his thing in AEW every week and like being up there with like in the world title picture and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's awesome. It's like, man, that's, that's right where he needs to be. And then like, he still comes home and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm here. Like he had, he had probably the match of the weekend with Dominic Greeny, uh, at the two yeah. AIW shows. So like he, he's just, uh, he's one of those guys. Like I love seeing orange Cassidy on, uh, the, uh, there and just like doing his yeah. thing there. And like, he's like one of my favorites and like him and Pac. And then the, like the, they're going to have this triple threat with Kenny Omega. Like that match is going to be insane. Like I'm going to go out of my way to see that match because all three of them guys can go. And that's no, like, I, I agree with you. I think, uh, you know, for the barbed wire match, I was in, interested to see how it played out with Moxley and, and, uh, Omega. And you know the ending was is what it is, but the match itself was was really good. It was, it was one of the better those style matches that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's unfortunate that it ended with the dud. I mean, you could probably say the same for the blood and guts match with with Jericho's fall and how it kind of was like, oh, it's a little a little hokey or whatever. But the match itself, the matches itself, they were okay. Like they were good good mm-hmm. TV in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you think that what would WWE do with orange Cassidy? I mean, they would just, they would destroy it. I mean, would they let Eddie Kingston be Eddie Kingston on WWE television? I don't really know if they would or not. I wouldn't trust them. He'd be watered down. He would not be, he would be so watered down. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be Eddie Kingston. Like the Eddie Kingston we get on there is probably the closest thing on TV that we'll get to Eddie that we got on the Indies. So I'm very happy with how he is in AEW at WWE. I don't think he would be, he'd have to have some whole different character and gimmick and he just, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be him. Yeah, exactly. All right, man. So we've been talking for about an hour. Uh, do you have any plugs, anything you want to throw out there? Well, we got a few shows coming up. Uh, you know, next one in Colorado city is one of our West Texas shows is on May 22nd. Uh, we have our next big show in Houston on the 29th. Uh, that's headlined by Chris Bay and, and Gino Medina. Um, as well as, you know, Masha Slamovich versus Sky Blue. Uh, we've got Manders coming in. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good good matches on that card. Um, we also have a show on uh, June 20th. I'm sorry, remembering this. In my hometown of Abilene, that's going to have Mike Bennett's on it, Jake something. Um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of our great Texas guys and things like that. And uh, if you can follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, man, that'd be awesome. Uh, new Texas at new Texas pro. And uh, man, we're just going to, we're kind of just firing all, all cylinders right now. And uh, I appreciate you having us on for me to even talk wrestling and talk a little new Texas pro. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. This was a blast. I appreciate it, man. When the sun goes down on my side of town, that lonesome feeling comes to my door and the whole world turns blue. down bar across the railroad track I got a table for two way in the back where I sit alone and think of losing you I spend most every night beneath the light of a neon moon now if you I think of two young lovers running wild and free 
I close my eyes and sometimes see you in the shadows of this smoke-filled room. No telling how many tears I've sat here and cried or how many lies that I've lied telling my poor heart she'll come back someday oh but I'll be alright as long as there's light from a neon moon oh if you lose your one and only there's always room sad songs seem to say what I think and it's hurt inside of me ain't never gonna end oh but I'll be alright as long as there's light from a neon Yeah.